Amen. Hey, thanks, Drew. Yeah, that was thanks. sweet. <laughs> hey, this is Drew, and this is Melissa, his wife. It's Melissa. Let's go. All right. Now's the time for the panel. If you haven't done a panel with us before, this is how this is going to work. I've got my iPad here, and I'm going to ask you two some questions. But if you have a burning question and want it to be answered, you can text the question to that number that's on the screen, and I will be able to uh, see it and then can potentially read it. Disclaimer, we won't get to all the questions. We don't want to be here forever. And so if you have questions that go unanswered, please feel free to stay after and talk to Drew and Melissa. They'll chill right up here in the front if you want to ask them a question. So there's that. But actually, the first thing that I would love to start off with is if you wanted to share a brief story of like how you met, dating history, when you got married, you know, just a brief flyover of what that looked like for you two. You're better brief. You want me to go? Yeah. All right. So um, we met, I was a senior in college. Melissa was the new staff girl in town with the college ministry that I was going to. And her and her friends would have people over on Sunday nights for dinner. And I tell people, I started going for the food, and then I kept going for Melissa. <laughs> and we were friends for a while. And then she had a little birthday get-together at her house, and I dropped in for that and found out for the first time that I was 22 at the time, went to her birthday gathering, and she was turning 26. So then I had this crisis moment, like, oh, no. I thought we were starting to like each other. She sees me as like a little brother. So I got super insecure. I remember talking to my dad about that at Thanksgiving. He's like, he didn't help. He's like, oh my goodness. <laughs> well, okay, so then we show up to like our, our winter um, like Christmas conference. It'd be similar like spring conference. And Melissa showed up at this thing with another guy. And I got pissed. <laughs> And that, like, pushed me over the top. And so I remember beelining it for this guy. I'm like, hey, what are you doing here? He goes, he goes Melissa sure is great. And I go, yes, she is. <laughs> and then Melissa and I hung out later that night, and God kind of, Melissa broke it off with that dude, like, really soon after that, not knowing that I was going to ask her out. We got back to campus. I asked her out. And then we dated for um, 10 months. We're engaged for five. We're married, yeah, short time after that, so... Yeah, went quick. It's <laughs> great. <laughs> Thank you. That's, that's helpful context. Hey, you talked about, okay, uh, not being hyper-spiritual, but, but still being, like, prayerful and inviting God personally into the relationship. Would you be able to unpack, like, okay, what does it look like to, quote-unquote, put Jesus first in the relationship and yet toe the line between not being too hyper-spiritual about it? Or what are some helpful boundaries to make sure that you are, like, pursuing Jesus together but not being weird about it, you know? Mm -hmm. I think the friend lens is a good lens. Like, if you're not doing it with your friends, then you shouldn't be doing it with each other. So, like, you're probably not praying that much with each other, right? I mean, some... But it's not like this super, what I had in mind there is like this super intense, like 
let's just seek the Lord together and pray about it and like unveil our hearts before him. I think you just don't want to let somebody in too fast to who you are at your deepest core level. It's good. Here's a question that I think is really helpful, actually. So let's say you're in the dating relationship and you have been sexual. You've been crossing boundaries. Maybe now that you're realizing, hey, I actually don't want to do this anymore. How do you take that step in a healthy way? How do you in a sense, like retract when you've already crossed a boundary? Um, and how do you like take that step together? Are there any red flags in that conversation or that process to be watchful of? Mm-hmm. I think, so this, so I guess my first question would be, are both of you guys pursuing Jesus? I think that's the first thought. So if the answer to that is yes, then I think it's just having a conversation about it. And what I think for for women, at least for me, what we can do is like sometimes push and hope that the guy is like always putting, you know, stopping it. Or so I think it's got to be both people um, wanting to seek Jesus in that and, and like we are more committed to following him and laying down even our desires that are good in the context of marriage, but not yet, um, that we're doing that to serve and honor the Lord and one another. So I think a question could be, I think the other side if the answer is potentially no, that you're not both seeking Jesus, I think you have a conversation and end the relationship and trust God with that because it's more important for for your life and your soul to be following him than even the hardship and the heartbreak you will experience of ending that relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and that happens so often in this season, right? Because everybody's dating each other, has a significant other from high school. And I think right now, if God's tugging on your heart, I just en- encourage you. I get because it's, yeah, your life has the potential to take a very different path. And so I want to encourage you, if God is speaking to you right now, just to hear that and follow him in that. And trust him that he is so good and he loves you. And if you both are following Jesus, let me just share a story with you and you've gotten yourself entangled in sin. One of my best buddies named Gabe, who I named my son Gabe after, that's how good of friends we are, he got entangled with his now wife in going further sexually than they wanted to go. And they just like quit cold turkey. They both just were like, what are we doing? And they were just like, we're done. And they didn't, like first six months of their relationship, hot and heavy. Next six months, absolutely nothing. They didn't even kiss each other until they got married. And so I just want to encourage you, like it's possible. And guys, you got to lead out in that. Like, we've got to take the responsibility in that. It's so easy to get entangled in sexual sin, but you can get out. You have the Holy Spirit of Jesus living inside of you. He raised him from the dead. So it's possible to say no to temptation successfully. 
So good. This is a different direction question. You mentioned guys asking out a girl. What's the, what's the thought on, hey, can a girl take the, fir- take the first step? Can they ask out a guy, you know, what do you think about that? I think, so, for me personally, I came to Christ at the end of high school. I had a lot of relearning to do because I had been in a physical relationship with a guy and just, there was a lot of untangling. So I pulled way back just in general because I'm like, I got to figure out just God. (laughs) Um, But something that as I was growing as a Christian that was really important to me, increasingly so, was that the guy would be the spiritual leader. And so I think there's room in this. Like, I think the story of you sharing with Val that she was like, if you asked me out, I would say yes. And then she just <laughs> left it at that, I think is a good one. I know for me, I felt like I was giving every possible sign of like encouragement to you without saying it. But Drew was still like, I had no idea. You know? I'm like, I was so obvious. That was the most obvious I ever was in my life with anyone. So I think it's like both ways. <laughs> but I think like, you know, even with giving that, it was important to me, and I think should be important to us as women, that he's going to lead out, right? Because that just continues to move forward in your life. Um, and you want somebody with that courage just to, to lead out and follow Jesus in that way. I came across this in my preparation that even in the kind of secular world, that only 12% of relationships start with the initiation from a woman, which just says to me, like, it's just baked in. Like, the reason the question's even there is you kind of know, like, uh, I don't know, I don't want it to be like this. No one wants that to be their story, I don't think, right? So, I mean... I mean, I, you think it's okay what Val did, though. Oh, totally. But it's not... Yeah, because Adam, Adam would have never asked her out, and she knew that. She was way out of his league. You know? <laughs> so, yeah. But they're married now. <laughs> they are, yeah, totally. <laughs> That's awesome. So it worked. <laughs> Can you date somebody in hopes of bringing them to know Jesus? And if so, best practices. <laughs> Okay, don't do that. It does happen. Okay, there are stories even in our church, even on staff, people we know. But no, that is not a good, wise practice. I think it comes back to the wisdom thing you were saying of just, I mean, Jesus calls us to be equally yoked. um, And so there might be someone you're physically attracted to, emotionally. But if that spiritual element isn't there, it eventually will be. And I can't tell you how many people we have talked to that just weep in marriage because their spouse is not a Christian and they didn't value that at the time. And it is just, I mean, we've seen some really sweet things happen over time, but we've also just seen some heartache to the grave, honestly, that I think I would just encourage you, no. Um, And if you are doing that, squeeze someone's arm beside you and be like, hold me to this. I need to get out of this. That's my thought. Sweet. Okay. How do you protect your heart from getting into a relationship um, that might be harmful, bad, 
but not put up walls so that you close yourself off to any relationship? Are there any, you know, without being too closed off or too scared to get hurt, is there a balance between the two? I'll share one thing, and then I want to hear what you have to say. Somebody told me something in college that has stuck with me. They were like, the point of dating is to encourage each other to Jesus. So if you're doing that, one day you could go to that person's wedding if it's not you, like with them. Because if you're both just following after Jesus, encouraging each other to know him more, I mean, there's such freedom in that, right? It's when we get into all the other stuff, it gets more complex, I think. Typically, sin, usually, but. Yeah, I, I don't think it's possible to not get hurt in this stuff, you know, especially if it doesn't work out. I mean, you know, for every relationship that works out, there's another one where one person really likes the other person. They're sort of going through the evaluation process. They love that other person and the other person doesn't yeah. like them. So I, I think that, with love, there's always a risk of yeah. rejection. And, but I think that that's why being a Christian is so important and such an advantage in dating because you can never lose your true love. That's good. And so Jesus can catch you in that. And I actually think it can be such a deepening reality with him where you're just honest with him and, and it is so heartbreaking. But I've talked to guys who have been through like tons of pain in their later adult life and they look back to like a breakup that they had and they would still say it's the hardest thing they've ever been through. And so I don't want to downplay that or, or just dismiss it either. Yeah. yeah, that's helpful. Okay, we've got a really chivalrous individual who wants to know is flowers on the first date. Is that okay? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I There's mean, no... who doesn't love flowers? Yeah, totally. Yeah. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Great. I just think with that said, like, what that opens up for me is just like, just guys, we don't want this to be like the legalistic, weird, Christian-y subculture dating place. Like, guys, there's freedom that we have in Christ and... This is supposed to be fun. Yeah. Like, I love, when I was a college pastor, discipling college students who were about to ask people on dates, because I could, like, live vicariously through them. Like, you guys are in such a fun season of life. Like, the possibilities are endless, you know? It's just so awesome. And so, so I, I don't know. We're, you're all going to step on some landmines, and I hope it's not, like, well, you broke rule number six that Drew listed off. Remember when he came and spoke? And it's like this super heavy-handed thing and whatever. It, it's meant to be like all of these guidelines and things are, that are meant to promote the best possible joy that you can have. And so we should just have more fun dating than the world does. It should be more enjoyable. It should be more spontaneous. It should be great. It should be, it should be good because it's not so high pressure anymore yeah. right. because our identity's in Christ, right? That's great. Hey, Melissa, as a dude, what should a guy be looking for? If you were being so obvious to Drew, if there's a guy that's, you know, that's 
I'm never going to live that. <laughs> do you have any anything to say about like? Do you get do oh, do women? Man. And it you're not, you can't speak for all women, so that's right. tough. It's and it's hard because I had a, like I'm more of kind of an encouraging personality. So I also had guys that I think thought I was interested where I wasn't. Yeah. So I don't want to say this is like a really in my soul. I felt that I was very obvious with Drew, but. I think when he was nervous, it probably just makes that hard and you just question yourself. But, I mean, yeah, I think, man, you know, I think if you're enjoying someone and it seems to be mutual, what do you lose? Just ask her out. I think that's my thought. That's nice. (laughs) What do you have to lose? I mean, what do you have to lose? The worst that's going to happen, and this is, we were actually telling our daughters this, I was like... Because, yeah, I can't remember how the conversation went, but I was just like, but guys, you have to know it's really, it takes a lot of courage for most guys to ask out a girl. So you want to be respectful if you're not interested. You know, I'm so honored. Thank you so much, but I'm not interested. And I was the worst at that, being clear. And I had to learn along the way, my ambiguity was like stringing along hearts and so I had this actually older guy eventually just sit me down and he's like, you just have to say no. Like, be so clear so that it can't be missed. Thank you so much. I'm not interested. No. Um, but that feels uncomfortable. At least for me, it always did, right? Because I'm just like, oh, I'm hurting your feelings and this feels uncomfortable. But what I learned was I was being more hurtful by my ambiguity along the way. Clarity is kindness. Someone would say that. You know, that's good. All right. We've got time for just a couple more questions. So here's one, because I I feel really helped by even the encouragement of the greatest things to look for. The most attractive thing is like holistic attractiveness. What if you're not physically attracted to them at all? Does, does that play no piece in the puzzle? Does it play some piece in the puzzle? How should you go about doing that? I feel like we have a funny answer to it a little bit. Should we share? Is that too awkward? No, go for it, yeah. I mean, we both, like, were we hurtful to each other at the beginning? That was not the drawing factor. Right. Should we share specifics? <laughs> I mean, we can. I mean, we both shared that with each other. Like, we're super honest we're in our marriage. Because I told, well, I stepped on a landmine no, early was on. I was trying helpful, to be encouraging, but, <laughs> but I'm we kind of blunt. And it was very blunt. It was, it was but I told Melissa helpful. she wasn't the most beautiful woman in the world. I wasn't. <laughs> I've been trying to recover for that. For that. What he, can I like give you some redemption Yeah, here. give me some redemption. Because I was, yeah. you know, as you were all moaning, I was kind of in a similar spot, but I was weirdly drawn to his truthfulness. But I was like, what do you mean by this? <laughs> He's like, well, what I'm saying is like, there's obviously more attractive women, which I'm aware of. But the reason I like you is not, that is not the main thing because beauty is going to fade. And he went on to share, of course, his whole like philosophical, spiritual reason. And he's like, because I am committed to you like as that fades in your life. And I'm just, it was encouraging, but I think it goes back to what you say that in, I mean, maybe how you said it, you would say you would change now. Oh, totally. You would yeah. mentor the men to not say that. But 
I literally now, guys, I've been trying to make up for this. I literally say to my kids every day, where is the most beautiful woman in the world? But I'm like paying penance, which isn't Christian at all. But... Oh, it's fine. I mean, obviously I knew, and I was secure enough in my identity in Christ, but I was also like, this is taking a different turn than I was expecting this conversation to have. But his point was actually good, right? And it does fade, and you have some kids, and you don't look the same. And, like, what I love about that is his heart was so good in that, that it was just like, it's you, under all these things I do find attractive. So I would say, and then Drew, like, you probably weren't the most in shape at the time we met. For goodness <laughs> sakes. <laughs> Melissa whipped me into shape. That's actually true. Well, you just, it's, we're no, but, so I wasn't the most physically drawn to him either. Yeah. So I think uh, our, our story is a good one because that wasn't the initial draw. <laughs> Um, but even better, because as we got to know each other, even though those things weren't the initial, it became. And like he said, I mean, we got to the point we could barely be in the same room, right? So the attraction continued to grow and continues to grow, I would say, based on the things that last. <laughs> I, yeah, I would say we live in such a crazy culture where there's such a, a high emphasis on physical attractiveness and so just by nature we all way overvalue physical characteristics and we way undervalue the actual person that's there and so I would say my encouragement to everyone in the room is like broaden your horizon a little bit like just open your eyes and and just be like and maybe the girl that I admire in the room for her walk with Jesus, who I wasn't initially drawn to, is the girl that I'm actually supposed to be with. There's a really cool story that when I was in Iowa City, there was a guy that I was meeting with, and he had started dating this girl initially and broke up with her because he didn't find her physically attractive. Then he dated a couple other girls and ended up back with this initial girl, ended up marrying her and realized that she was the most attractive person he had ever been with. Because he really had to go through that process to to realize essentially how superficial that he was being. But it's so interesting because, let, let me just be like super straightforward with you guys. It's like, I've been doing college ministry for a long time. This is the best you'll ever look, okay? Like I've seen girls who are your age who are now in their mid-30s. The, the girls who were attractive aren't attractive anymore. And that's going to happen to all of you. Like, especially, like Melissa said, you have a couple kids, and you live some life, and you like, go through all that. So, like guys, too. Well, I'm talking from a male perspective, right? But, but I'm just saying, like... It goes downhill yeah, for the yeah. gentleman, It goes too. downhill for the gentleman, too. <laughs> but guys, you know, you value that so much... But it's just like, at the end of the day, like, what is going to draw you together sexually goes way beyond physical characteristics. Because, like, something we've noticed, like, 
we're getting to the age where our friends are getting divorced or people that we know in the school are getting divorced. And something we've just noticed is sometimes the person is committing adultery who is far with somebody far less physically attractive than their spouse. And we're just like, huh, that's interesting. Well, it's because if you get married and have a sexual relationship with somebody for a while, you realize there's such a spiritual and friendship component to it that really is what drives it forward. Yeah. All right. Here's the question that we're going to end on. Three-year, 15-year uh, relationship and marriage, what's like the thing from each of you, what's the thing that you've learned about the character of God and the beauty of the gospel through that relationship? I think forgiveness, right? With somebody that you're in a relationship with that sees you at your best and you at your absolute worst and is there reminding you about Jesus. So I think experiencing that in real time with a real person is such a beautiful um, thing that just reminds me of Jesus' forgiveness, I think. And the picture I have etched in my mind of Melissa, I think I always will, is um, we lost our youngest child, Jude, and we're at his funeral together, and there's this picture somebody took, and Melissa's standing, so the casket's right here, and our kids, Melissa's holding our son Gabe, our daughters are around her, and she's just got her hand in the air, and she's worshiping Jesus, and it's like so unbelievable to walk with her in her like determined hopefulness. This unwavering, I believe that Jesus is coming back and that he's going to make this mess right. And because of that, I'm just going to take the next step. What a privilege to... She laughs at things to come. It's just like, yes, let's do this together. Yeah. Wow. Hey, thank you, both of you, just for being vulnerable and willing to share the honest stuff. Can we give them a round of applause? <laughs> Sweet. All right, friends, the band is going to come up, but while they do, let me just pray for us, and then we're going to sing two last songs and then we'll be done for the night. Sound good? Let's pray together. Father, thank you just for uh, the beauty of your gospel and uh, that you came to save broken people, messed up people, ones that don't know how to date well and don't know how to do relationships perfectly. Thank you for giving us a book in your scriptures that give us wisdom and helpful um, knowledge so that we can navigate the world and navigate relationships. God, give us wisdom as we do it. Give us joy as we do it. And help us to see you clearly as we do it. Father, thanks for Drew and Melissa and their leadership of our church. Thank you for allowing them to be here tonight so that they could share stories and laugh with us and uh, just help us. So now, God, we just... 
We worship you for being a God of forgiveness, a God of grace, and uh, a God of hope. And God, we just want to lift your name high in worship. So would you be praised as we do that in song right now, God? We love you. Pray this in your name. Amen.